Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Sharon Hennepin, and I'm a 23-year breast cancer survivor. I'm a certified life coach and a co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. Becky's off to Italy with her husband this week, Woo! and so we have a co-host, <laughs> Yvonne Nidigger, co-hosting with me today. Hi, everybody. It's Yvonne. I am thrilled to be here today as the co-host for this amazing show. Uh, I myself am also a breast cancer survivor. I'm celebrating my seven-year cancer freeze this month, as a matter of fact. So uh, I'm just thrilled to be here (laughs) hosting Breast Friends radio show and being a part of this experience. And our guest today is Holly Rose. Holly is the founder and CEO of a nonprofit with the most fabulous name I've ever heard. It's called Don't Be a Chump, Check the Lump. <laughs> it's great, Holly. And she's here today to tell us how Facebook actually saved her life. So welcome, Holly. Yeah, thank you, Yvonne and Sharon. I'm really honored to be here today and share my story with everyone. Well, why don't you take a moment, Holly, and kind of introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about your story. Well, I am now an eight-year survivor, and I actually, Mm -hmm. Facebook did save my life, if you can believe that. I was 39 years old, and on Facebook, it was the dawning of Facebook, and a girlfriend of mine posted a funny little reminder to do a self-exam, and for whatever crazy reason, it stuck in my head, and I did one and found a lump that turned out to be breast cancer. Oh, my goodness. It just so, amazes me that so um, funny social media could be amazing such an what important that can tool. Do. Yes, just one reminder. I had just turned 39, so I wouldn't have had a mammogram until a year later when I was 40. And unfortunately, like most women, I didn't do regular self-exams. So I feel really fortunate that that reminder saved my life. I found it in the early stages, and and I'm still here eight years later. Wow. Congratulations. It's an amazing feeling, I know, from my own experience. And uh, what were you doing before all of this happened? What, What was your career prior to what you're doing now? So at the time, I was a stay-at-home mom, which I loved, loved, loved. Uh, I did that for about four years, and prior to that, my husband and I, we were entrepreneurs, and we had a record store, a vintage clothing store, and yeah, And um, but then once we had their, our kiddos, it was, it was very nice to stay at home with them. Absolutely. So tell us about your children. So I have two beautiful, beautiful girls. They are now um, 18 and 19. So my husband and I, were going to be empty nesters this coming year. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's pretty – I know. That's, that's always a challenge. And, you know, I always uh, kind of think about the adage, my youngest is now 33, um, oh. or at least she will be in another week. And um, 
And I remember, you know, paying attention to all the books and and trying to figure out, you know, how to be the best mom I possibly could. And I've decided that there's a lack in the book industry. How do you be a good mom to an adult child? You know what I mean? <laughs> it can be oh. tough, you know, just trying to <laughs> figure right. out that balance. So you'll, you'll, be, you'll be experiencing that probably pretty soon. <laughs> but your, da- your daughters were probably about the same age as my daughter was when I was diagnosed. Um, yeah. I was uh, nine when I was diagnosed, and yours were right around that same age, right? They were nine and ten. I think that's a, a difficult time to go through as a child. Oh, it was. It was. I know mine, uh, my daughter became hypervigilant, very, you know, very, like, hyper-responsible, and, you know, she was like kind of took on that role of taking care of mom in a way. And um, I can see that, you know, as an adult now, she's just very, very responsible. And, you know, but she kind of I, <laughs> happened I on agree. it I probably a little hard benefits. way. That was definitely a, a benefit that came out of it. My girls are extremely independent. And I think because they were kind of forced into, they had to. I was on the couch. I couldn't move. And you, they yeah. got up and cleaned the house and helped with dinner. And, you know, they didn't have much of a choice. But now they're extremely independent. So they're, they're good. Yeah. Well, well, and thing Holly, I wanted to kind of talk to the, the social media a little bit more because I know that's something you're extremely passionate about. And I myself, when I was going through... Um, I did the same thing you did. I sort of discovered the power of social media and the ability to reach out and get support from people. Um, I like to call it my village because I felt like um, within this community that I developed on Facebook that was supporting me from a distance, I was able to really feel like I was connected and I was, I was able to kind of get things out of my system that might be kind of lurking inside of there. Um, I even utilized the caring bridge to be able to, you know, really delve into things that, that I needed to talk about with people that I trusted. So I, I felt myself that the whole social media world really kind of became an integral part of my process. And it sounds like that was true for you as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, from the first moment when I found breast cancer through Facebook, and then I was very vocal on Facebook of what I was going through and posted, you know, the pictures of losing my hair and sharing my down days. And Facebook was essentially a 24-7 support group for me. And it was great because personally, I was too shy to go to, you know, get out of my house and drive to a support group and but mm-hmm. Facebook there was always someone on it seemed to like sometime <laughs> of the day even if I was up at three o'clock you know in the morning posting having a bad day someone was there cheering me on and cheering me up it was a, a beautiful feeling to just have that sense of community surround you oh, I love and that. haven't you found uh, that years it, later that connection that you made at that time with people has actually gone on to to enhance your friendship with people that you might not have been that close with if it hadn't been for that, you know, really intimate connection that you developed during that time period. 
Oh, absolutely. I was people I met through Facebook who were cheering me on. I then did venture out and meet them in person and have formed some beautiful friendships. That's wonderful. So what made you decide to change direction from the stay-at-home mom and start a nonprofit organization? So, gosh, a couple, couple things happened. I know when, um, you know, when you face your own mortality, it's very scary. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, are my girls going to remember me? And then thinking, I have done nothing to leave them a beautiful legacy. Absolutely nothing. And, um, and then uh, it during that time, during my nine months of treatment, I had this amazing community wrap their arms around me and my family, and they brought us meals for weeks and weeks at a time. People came in, they scrubbed my floors, they did my laundry, they drove my kids, and just to be the recipient of so many acts of kindness was really life-changing for me, and I knew I wanted to do something to give back, and then also to mm-hmm. leave a legacy for my daughters. I love that. I love that. It sounds yeah. like um, you had a lot of breast friends around you, <laughs> which is yes. which is our nonprofit organization, and we started again, kind of from a similar place. You know, wanting to make sure that that we um, offered people who didn't have that kind of support that you have, um, you know, that kind of support um, from a from a more personal level, which, oh, that's so great. I'm so glad to hear. And I hear your motto is live and give. What a great, great motto. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, that just kind of came out of, you know, <laughs> you when you're going through cancer, and I think this is common for many, many women, you have many talks with God late at night. And, you know, just really wanting to stay alive and wanting to live. And then that realization of, I want to give back. And it just, that phrase, live and give, kind of stuck with me. I love you know, that. It's interesting, yeah. Holly. I, so I what were some of the us. greatest challenges you faced during, you know, doing this kind of work or, or getting it started at least? Oh, gosh. Um, I think fear definitely set in. So I'm typically, I was the shyest person you would ever meet eight years ago. And, but God puts you on the path. When you start a nonprofit, you really have to stand up and share. You have to share your voice. You have to share your story again and again. And so overcoming those fears for me was definitely quite a challenge. Um, probably my mm-hmm. biggest one. And, and then as we grew, um, definitely time became a, an issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, exactly, because your kids are in high school now, and, you know, you, you've got, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, things on your plate that are always, <laughs> I'm sure, wanting your attention. That's always the case, isn't it, for especially us women. We do so many different things at one time. Yeah, so we, we all wear many hats. have been that have come out of that? Oh, gosh. I think, you know, going from our nonprofit of just being an online reminder to women to do self-exams and do, 
your mammograms and then to building an education program and then building our, our weight program. The entire time to be able to do that, it was really our community that kept coming together to help support me to, you know, whether it was they volunteered or they shared our messages or they donated or attended our events. Just witnessing our community come together, I think, has been the most beautiful blessing to see time and time again. And then for our, my whole family and my children to witness that, I think, you know, it will be life-changing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You, I think you've left a legacy for them. <laughs> yeah. That won't be yeah, a problem. I think we're in the video, right? Uh, Holly, when I, when I was looking at your website, I, I have to tell you, I read through your amazing team of of women who you've surrounding yourself with. And I have to say, you're just, just the people who are working with you and helping you are such an inspiration. You, you're, like you say, you're very blessed to have an amazing village. And, uh, I, I think it's wonderful to see such a, a vast array of women in, um, professional careers that are obviously leading busy lives taking the time to be a part of your program as well. That's a real testimony to the, the as you call it, the sisterhood of super women. I think it's a, an amazing testimony to that, that you have these incredible women working with you. Oh, it, it is. It's absolutely beautiful. And Catherine Anaya is the one who formed the sisterhood of super women. She's, she's amazing, and she has connected so many nonprofits with, with just the entire community. It, she's wonderful. That's great. Well, unfortunately, we have to take a quick short break. So stay with us, and we'll be back in a minute. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our Women's Cancer Program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high-risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness.
are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with our guest, Holly Rose. And Holly, I before we go on to something else that's amazing as well, let's go back to that superwoman. I love that, that concept. So tell me a little bit more about that before we move on. Um, well, I know Catherine and I had started the Sisterhood of Superwomen, and she's been amazing in our community. She's highlighted every nonprofit and and just highlighting women and what they're doing. And it it is kind of funny that it that when we were inducted, I I having struggled with. Uh, public speaking, someone told me early on you need to do a Wonder Woman pose and it actually <laughs> changes your hormone levels and so you aren't as nervous. So anytime I speak, if you see me doing my Wonder Woman pose in the background, that's why I'm trying to change my hormone levels and, it, and so I, I'm not as nervous when I get out there and speak. I've heard about that. And actually, I we do a, Breast Friends does a uh, Survivor's Luncheon in the fall, and it's an amazing, amazing event. And a few years ago, our other co-founder, Becky Olson, she was our, uh, our speaker, and she actually got up and struck that pose and had all the women in the room stand up and strike the pose. And it was just, it was such an empowerment, you know, as much as I know there is some medical science behind the release of that, that that serotonin and all that good stuff. I think there's just something about putting your hands in your hips that goes back to our moms. You know, <laughs> yeah, they, maybe. When, they at it, when they looked at us and said, you will do this, they always yeah, stuck their hands funny. on their hips. It, it is, it's, a, it's beautiful and it is powerful. And it's from the um, TED Talk uh, gosh, I hope I don't get this wrong. I want to say Amy Cuddy, and it it shows you the whole science behind it. And <laughs> yep, that must I've be why all of one, the mothers yeah. have done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, that is great. I'm sticking to my mom theory. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. <laughs> you have to have a wooden spoon in hand. Oh no, you oh. didn't just go there. All right, now we're sisters on another level. Yes, here, so. yes, I've gotten a few broken over my. <laughs> backside. <laughs> That's a whole nother radio show. <laughs> so Holly, um, you know, I'd love it if you describe in details how your nonprofit benefits the cancer community. Um, you know, obviously you've got a lot of different um, irons in the fire that you're doing, so to speak. Maybe you could just highlight a few of those for us. We are, I, I think, an incredibly valuable resource in our community. So we started out, like I said, we just were reminding women, do your breast self-exams, do your mammograms. It's shocking that 70% of women find breast cancer through a self-exam. So we're just out there reminding. And, and again, women just neglect to do their mammograms across the board. Every woman I talk to will tell me, oh, my gosh, it's been two years. So we started out doing that. And then uh, in talking more with women and immersed in the community, I realized, my gosh, there is a lack of awareness across the board. 
when I was going through breast cancer, every woman would ask me, oh, does it run in your family? Does it run in your family? And that Uh was never a question. They just wanted to confirm, yes, it ran in my family. Did you all experience that? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And and it's like if it did then they're they're safe, right? And they don't have to worry about it. Well, that's not true because what 85% of cancers are not familial or genetic. So, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, 85%. That's when when I tell women that 85% of women who get breast cancer have no family history of breast cancer, they're always very shocked. So when I started telling my community, and, you know, these were doctors and lawyers and CEOs, I thought, my gosh, if they don't know the facts, what about the general population? So we built our comprehensive education program. We go to companies, women's leagues, churches, and we just teach women the facts that they don't know they don't know. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I love that comment because... There's so many people, when you are diagnosed with cancer, you don't know what you don't know. And that is huge. And, of course, cancer, you don't really want to know it either. (laughs) It really comes right down to it until you're diagnosed. And then guess what? Then you have to learn a whole new language, a whole new way of being in the world. And not, not, not your choice, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, I also think that is a little bit frustrating um, to me is women go out and they're attending breast cancer awareness events and they're walking away with the perception that they've been educated when in fact they're (laughs) receiving very little education. And so that's why women are walking around of, yes, I know about breast cancer. I know, I know. And then when I sit them down and I spend an hour with them following the presentation, they come up to me and say, oh, my gosh, how did I not know this? And I, right, I didn't either until I sat in that chemo chair and said, no, I'm never, ever doing this again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and Holly, something that I've learned talking with patients is there's an anger level that a lot of women experience when they're diagnosed because they've lived a healthy life. They've exercised, they've dieted, they've done all the things that we're told we're supposed to do to be very healthy. And then they receive a diagnosis. And there's, I think there's a misconception conception that if you live the, the your best life and you do all these things then you get a pass and you know just because a woman is athletic and she's eating right and she's doing all the right things doesn't mean she should miss the opportunity to be a health advocate for herself oh absolutely and i think there's also for me like i thought i was really healthy i exercised every day i i didn't sure. eat excessively, but when I look back, that was one of the first things I changed. I read a book on nutrition and thought, oh my gosh, no wonder I got cancer, you know, and I think that a lot of women will equate their health with their weight, and which is what I did, so I wasn't eating a whole lot, and I was staying thin, but I wasn't eating nutritiously to boost my immune system to protect me from cancer cells. Right, right, right. That makes sense. So what would you recommend as far as the screening guidelines for people? What What's your feeling around those? Oh, gosh. So there's a lot, lots of controversy out there, as I'm sure you know. 
the U.S. PSTF, they issued their um, women should begin mammograms at 50. And then, of course, you had many, many national organizations come together and say, absolutely not. You know, we now have 3D mammography, which is better technology. It's finding cancers at an earlier stage. We're having less callbacks. The mortality rate has decreased. Why in the world would we now push it to 50? So I still believe with many other national organizations, women should be receiving mammograms at the age of 40. Absolutely. I know Becky and I had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. and talk to our Congress people about that exact same thing. And the scary part is, yes, we got our two-year moratorium on that decision, but they'll be looking at that again very soon. So I'm not... I'm not, uh, I'm worried about that again. So, you know, if you're listening to this program, yeah, it's one of those things you want to make sure you talk to your Congress people about that and make sure that they're on board with keeping it at 40. Um, and and again, even even the, the screening guidelines that they were trying to put through, they were saying even every other year after 50. It's like, no, what are you doing? I mean, no, like you said. absolutely no. Women are going to die if they do that yes. and it will oh, take yeah. years for them to then realize and track all of that data and say oh we made a mistake Oops. it should have yeah. been 40 every year yeah yeah I think it was something like 22 million women will be affected by this decision if they change it um, you know in in a year's time and you know we're talking about this not being covered by regular insurance so you can still have a mammogram at 40 or 45 if they change this but it would not be covered by insurance if it's just a screening mammogram and unfortunately when you're talking about 22 2 million women being affected by that, they're having to make sometimes that decision, am I going to give my yeah. children food on the table or shoes on their feet or go get a mammogram for myself, right? Oh, absolutely. I hear that, that story all the time. Yep, yep. And so we definitely want to make sure that people are talking to their Congress people and they know how important keeping these guidelines exactly the way they are and not making those change. That's my little political thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so I, we're right right with you with Press Friends here. So, um, so are there like five tips that you can kind of, you know, give us for... Um, like that you have learned through your educational programs that you pass on to people. And you had a term for it that I just loved that you have on your website. So maybe talk about that too. Oh, our chump challenge. I think yes, our chump challenge is really looking at kind of the top three. When we go through our presentations, I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can lower your risk. But I look at what I think are the three biggest um, and th- our first one is how many fruits and vegetable servings are you having every single day? And mm. when I ask mm. women this, the average answer is two. And mm. to talk to any doctor, two is not going to fuel your, your immune system. And your immune system is your first line of defense against cancer. So if your immune system isn't working properly, then probably your digestive system also isn't working properly. So if it does try to eliminate it, it can't eliminate it. And it's just the number one thing you can do. 30% of all cancer, not just breast cancer, but all cancer is caused by lack of proper nutrition. And you can go on to any 
any cancer website, and you're going to find the same statistic. So if you can, I mean, think about that number, 30% of all cancer. All we have to do is start eating fruits and vegetables every day. That's really simple. So... When we look at that, I don't tell women, I don't want to overwhelm them of you have to have nine every single day now because then a woman, she's going to do nothing. So I say if you have two for the next 30 days, have three every single day. And then the next 30 days, have four every single day. And it's easy to to start making changes that way. It's tangible. Baby steps. Yes, yes. It's all about baby steps. And and women, they're they're responding to me a year later saying, oh, my gosh, you changed my life. We are now, my daughter is asking me, how many, Mom, how many did you have? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And then the second one, what's what's the next part of the challenge? Second one is looking at the chemicals in our environment. We are just bombarded, especially as women, from the moment we wake up. You know, jumping in the shower, our shampoo, our conditioner, our soap, our moisturizer. I mean, everything that we're exposed to has toxic chemicals in it. So there's a really easy way if you just go to ewg.org. They're a great resource, great website that you can look at the toxic rating of your chemicals. Chemicals, and they even break it down for you of this has high concern for cancer, high concern for allergies, for immune toxicity. It's just fabulous. So I always tell women, your first start is check your dishwashing detergent. You are eating off of those plates, drinking out of those cups, ingesting all of those chemicals. So that's start one. And then I always say your laundry detergent. And then the third is your lotion. You're covering your entire body with this lotion. Oh, it makes sense. You know, when you think about it that way, you know, eating off of those dishes that you've just cleaned in the dishwasher or, you know, hand washed. Yeah, that that makes complete sense. Well, when my I was going through my treatment, my sister is an esthetician and um, she was very conscientious about the the products that she was using on my skin. And that's actually changed her way of approaching her own professional business as well. And I know myself that a lot of the um, uh, world of estheticians are looking at oncology um, esthetician as an opportunity to really help women now. So uh, I noticed you had a section on beauty, and that that really comes to comes to home for me. Mm-hmm. The lotions, the mascara, the you know the things that we put on our our skin and our bodies and. Yeah, our faces, that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of horrifying. The beauty industry, they don't even have to disclose what they put in fragrance because it's a trade secret. And a lot of what they're putting in are toxic. And it is up to the community to prove that something is harmful. A company can put whatever they want in it, and they don't have to prove that it's safe. Just like, I mean, take BPA, for instance. They did not have to prove it was safe. They pretty much knew it was unsafe, but it took years and years of lobbying to get BPA out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now, of course, we're getting a lot more products that are BPA-free and, you know, that sort of thing, and that's a big selling point. And it's interesting how how our companies can commercialize either this good piece or the yeah. bad piece, you know, and it's... <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
So yeah. anyway, well, we're going to take a, a break here in just a couple of minutes. So what what is there another piece of the Chump Challenge you want to talk about before we go oh, on our I, break? Um, I would love to talk about our wig out program. Which oh, great. I, I great. talked a lot about our education, but I love our wig out program. Let's do that after the break. Um, so I just want to make sure that um, we've covered everything on this challenge. So I know there's a, a social media piece of it too. Is that part of a part of the challenge? Oh, absolutely. Share our logo. If you just share our logo, I mean, someone else sharing another logo to do a self-exam saved my life. So you could share our logo. Don't be a chump. Check for a lump and you could save someone's life. And by all means, go home, you know, wherever you are right now, do self-exam it takes 60 seconds and it could save your life yeah and even if you don't do like the official one you know where you you're directed to you know lay down and go over every quadrant of your breast and do it you know in a certain way with three the your three middle fingers and you know that sort of thing even if you do it in the shower on a regular basis and if you're doing it um uh, like a week after your menstrual period that's generally the best um but even if you just pick a day i'm going to do it on the first of the month every month and just pick a day um, understanding that because of your menstrual cycle, if you are still um, uh, in that state of your life, your, your breast can change throughout the month. And so you want to be careful. But basically just knowing what is normal for you is really the biggest thing about a breast self-exam. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. That's what I tell women. It doesn't matter how you do it, but just do it. And I say do it the same way each time because I think you kind of mentally create a map in your head of your breasts. It's like when you move into an apartment, or, you know, or, or your home and you walk through to get a glass of water in the middle of the night. You don't know where all the bumps and corners and steps are. Well, after you walk through it again and again and again, if you hit along, you know, a ball that on the floor, you're going to be like, whoa, that wasn't there. So it's the same thing with your breasts. If you're doing it again and again and again, you're going to know, whoa, that was never there. And if you right. ever have to ask yourself, what was that? That's when you should call your doctor for sure. Absolutely. Well, again, it's time for break. So let's just uh, take a quick short break. Stay with us and we'll see and we'll talk in just a few more minutes. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. 
From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for being with us. Uh, We've been talking to Holly Rose about her organization, Don't Be a Chump, Check for a Lump. And uh, before we went on break, we just touched on wig out. And Yvonne, I know that was something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I I love the whole, you know, I think when women lose their hair, that's one of the most traumatic experiences we go through with breast cancer. And, you know, I'd love to have you kind of talk about your personal story and how that led up to your wig out program. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, when you lose your hair, everyone thinks it's a matter of vanity, and it's just so much more than that. It really is your identity as a mother, a wife, a sister, friend, it's everything. And for me personally, it was my identity as a mother. I had my youngest daughter wouldn't hug me if I wasn't wearing a wig. And it wasn't because she stopped loving me. I think I just looked like the face of cancer, and I scared her. Mm, makes sense. My goodness. Yeah, and for me, I was very fortunate that I could walk into a wig shop and pick out a beautiful wig that looked like me and like mommy, and then I discovered that other women were going without a wig simply due to lack of funds because, unfortunately, most insurance companies do not cover the cost of a wig. Right. Yeah. yeah. We have a wig area at Breast Friends and I had a lady come in just yesterday, yeah, just yesterday. and <laughs> she she just had her first chemo and she was looking at the fact that she was going to be losing her hair and uh yeah, we fit her with a beautiful wig and she walked out as a happy camper. Oh, so she was just it mm-hmm. was amazing, Holly, when you when you see someone come in where they're kind of drooping, their shoulders are drooping, their their facial features are are sharing that feeling they have inside of fear that they know they're going to be going through this and then to watch her stand tall and laugh and say don't I look beautiful yeah it actually looked better than her real hair (laughs) 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 which was fun (laughs) yeah it it is it's it's very emotional. Our first wig out client, I remember she told me, I am so wanted to rock the bald look, but my son asked me to park three blocks away from school because he was Aww. embarrassed of my bald head. So that was the Aww. day we started our program. And we wow. went right down to the wig shop and I said, pick out anything you want up to $250 and we'll pay the bill. And that's kind of how we based our program. I, I knew that, you know, I had long red hair, so I had to special order to get the right color 
color, and I wanted one that had that scalp, so it didn't look like a wig. You know, you don't want to look like you're wearing a wig or look like a cancer patient. So our clients, they get to walk into normal wig shop, pick out any wig of their choice, up to $250, and we pay the bill. And That's we're wonderful. now assisting pretty much close to one woman a day. Last month, we did 34 wigs. So we've assisted wow. over 900 women. That's wonderful. That's a great accomplishment. And so, you know, again, and each one of those women have a story. That's that's the part that I keep coming back to. I mean, obviously, it's important to have numbers and be able to share the impact you have on the community. But the the fabulous part is each one of those women walk out with a big grin on their face and they feel whole again. And, you know, I mean, you can't you can't wind back the clock and make it so they don't have cancer, but you can at least um, give them that gift. And that's a wonderful gift to be able to give. Well, don't you find as well that um, giving your community an opportunity to make a difference, uh, I find that businesses, um, they're asked so often to support organizations for nondescript, um, unrecognizable reasons. It's maybe, you know, oh gosh, we need money to support this random program. But this is something that specifically helps a woman right now in what she's going through. So don't you find that your community has just been all embracing with your your fundraising and what have you for that reason? Oh, absolutely. And we are so grateful to our community. Every single time that we receive a new wig out client, I credit whatever company donated. So I keep track of, you know, if someone donated $5,000 and they essentially just donated 20 wigs. So every day when I get a wig out client, I will say, you know, golly, plastic surgery just donated this wig. Thank you so much. Because I yes. think that, you know, each of these companies that we work with, they, re- they, they should receive that honor. It's, it's yes, just absolutely. That, you know, I'm the steward of their generosity, but it's, it's our whole community that's putting it out there. That's, that's very true. So what is the Every Color Matters? I like that, too. Oh, Every Color Matters. Uh, so it's a new reality TV show, and they're centered around cancer research and prevention and hero recognition. So we have been very lucky to have been chosen as the breast cancer nonprofit that they're going to highlight in their TV show. And what they're doing is they're offering, you can go on to, I think it's on our Facebook page right now, or just type in Every Color Matters Phoenix, and they're doing a virtual color run. So you don't actually have to go out there. It's train on your own schedule and share your own story, be it, you know, your story of cancer or someone that you love, their story of cancer, and throw up the color, film it and share it and make it viral, and and let's just raise awareness on every type of cancer. I love that. That's, That's great. Amazing. Who knew there'd be a reality show for I know. cancer? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's God. That's funny. They're going to go around and highlight every single type of cancer. And uh, the um, producer, when I talked to him, he said, my gosh, every single person I talked to, there is so much regarding prevention and um, not a lot of funds are being poured into prevention. And every organization I'm working with wants to use a portion of the funds to go towards towards prevention so i I think it's a beautiful gift to you know to everyone 
That's amazing. Well, before we run out of time, I definitely want to kind of circle back to why you really started the organization to begin with, which was kind of like leaving a legacy for your daughters. And I know um, uh, I do a lot of uh, retreats uh, after women have finished going through their cancer, and we call it Thriving Beyond Cancer. And part of that is to really find your purpose, to really figure out what makes you twinkle. And we at Breast Friends use that term because when you talk to somebody who has um, has been through an experience or they 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 are talking about their grandchildren or their children or um, the work that they do and all of a sudden they light up and you can see it in their eyes and they get more animated that's their twinkle right and oh, I can absolutely. hear that in your I can hear that in your voice, Holly. You know, obviously you have found your twinkle. You have found your passion, your purpose in doing what you're doing in the community there in Phoenix. And I'm so, I, I, that's just, I love that. Uh, I think finding, I think everyone has that in them. Sometimes it takes something awful like cancer to kind of wake that piece of us uh, up and allow us to look at, at that piece of our uh, our lives. Um, but again, I feel the same way about what I do here at Breast Friends, and it's pretty pretty amazing when you've been able to find that piece. How, how are you feeling about it now that you can look back on these last, like, seven, eight years? You know, I think it's the last seven, eight years, the entire time, um, and it, it still chokes me up when I think about it. I really think it was God kind of said, here you go, this is your purpose. And I remember when I first started, you know, again, going back to being super shy and having to share, I'm like, really, God, this is my purpose? <laughs> and, you know, as soon as I would start to doubt, you know, Oprah staff would call me and say, oh, we'd like to hear your story. And or Facebook headquarters would call and say, we would like you, you know, we want to fly you out. We want to hear your story. And so it was almost like God just slapping me in the face saying, Holly, I've told you your purpose. Go share. And, you know, for me, it's <laughs> always busy, been, girl. And it's been like that for eight years. And wow. I just, you know, you can't fight with God. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. I mean, we can, we can like choose not to listen but luckily for your community and the world, you listened and you have found a way to create that legacy that, that you so wanted to do in the beginning, but it has turned into such, you know, so much more, I guess, is what yeah, I'm trying to it's, say. It's yeah. been a very beautiful path, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and Holly, you know, uh, this is something that we we all talk about once we're on the other side of this journey, and and that's kind of, you know, what do you want to share with other women that are maybe going through this right now? Now that you're a survivor, what are some of the things that you'd really like to share with them to help their journey? For other women who are going through breast cancer, I would definitely say it is not a death sentence. And I don't think anyone told me that until, you know, probably a month into it. And it was just terrifying. And then once once I realized, okay, this isn't a death sentence, 
it, it was so much easier. And another piece that someone had told me that I, I tell every single woman is learn to delegate. And it's so hard as a woman to do because you don't want to. You know, we're so used to doing everything. And once I was able to just give that up and let everyone take care of me, you know, I had to. Um, so yeah, that, that was a key piece for me. Absolutely. And it seems like you've also done a, a gigantic step in writing your own book. I, I love the name, of course, Live and Give, Facebooking My Way Through Breast Cancer. Uh, maybe just give us a quick little, little peek into that as well. Yeah, so that actually started to fight off depression. I had such a difficult time through chemo that I was stuck on the couch. So I started writing, and all of a sudden, within 10 days, I think I had like 200 pages, and I realized, oh, my gosh, I have a book. And what I had was, you know, not only talking about cancer and what I was going through, it was really from the moment I met my husband and just a beautiful love story. And how can listeners get a copy of your book? Well, you can go onto Amazon, just type in Live and Give Holly Rose, and it should pop up. Wonderful. That's wonderful. wonderful. Why don't you give us the um, information, how people can reach you and, and your organization, and because uh, we're coming to our close really shortly here. Yes, so our website is checkforalump.org, or you can find us on Facebook, same thing, Check for a Lump, or, you know, just type in, don't be a chump, check for a lump. I don't think anyone else has our name. <laughs> no, that's a, that was a very clever um, name. It's long, but you're right. I don't think anybody else has it, for sure, and it's a very well used. Um, your website is darling, using the superhero theme and all of that. It's very, very clever. So um, I, I just, I hate to um, close because you have so many wonderful ideas and so many blessings that you've been able to share with our listeners today. So we definitely want to thank you for being our guest, Holly. Is there any last parting thought you want to give to our listeners before we, we call it a day? Uh, I would say don't be a chump. Check for a lump. Go do your self-exam. <laughs> schedule your mammogram. Fabulous. Amen. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I wanted to make sure that if if you're interested in any other topics, um, we have a Facebook page as well, uh, Breast Friends of Oregon. Um, you're always welcome to email Becky at breastfriends.org as well. Um, and also, if you need to um, uh, help in some way, Always share your dollars, your time, your treasures, those things with organizations in your area. Breastfriends.org. There's a big blue button on our website. It's a great way to make a donation to us as well and make sure that this radio show continues. But in the meantime, we'll be back next week. And until then, remember, there's always hope. And we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.